Hi. Hello. Uh, hi, Jack Grisham, alcoholic. Uh, thanks for having me, and uh, it's good to be here. I, Jennifer didn't know she was going to be talking, so uh, that's probably the best way to do it, I guess. Uh, and I just think so much, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for her, and we get to talk about this program a lot. And, uh, you know, uh, somebody gave me some shit today at a meeting, and uh, so I was talking about something, they got angry at me. You know, like I go against the big book or something. It's like, I don't go against, there's only one thing in the big book that I go against. One thing where I think Bill's out of his fucking mind. And, uh, and it was, we are people that normally do not mix. Throw a couple cocktails in me and I'm mixing. <laughs> oh my God, get the sauce in me and I'm wandering down the street. I don't care what it is, Rotary Club. I don't even know what the Rotary Club is, but I'm in, I'm going in. And, uh, I'm a visiting alcoholic guy. I'm like the kind of drunk that shows up in your party. It's like, fuck, do you know that dude? It's like, what's up? I'm, I'm there, I'm visiting. And, uh, and even when I start drinking, like it gets late at night, I start getting a couple of cocktails in me, I wanna take a walk. I head down the street, I see a light on. So I go up and knock on the door. <laughs> hey, saw the light on. <laughs> What are you doing in there? Who are you? What are you doing? That's, I'm one of those. I got arrested one time and I remember the cop said, they got me in the back of the car and he looks at me and goes, how are you involved in this? <laughs> I go, black guy's just walking by. And, uh, <laughs> and he goes, you're the only one going to jail here. And, uh, anyway, and I wanna say happy birthday, Chris. So good to see Chris and Campbell. Happy birthday. and. Uh, and I laughed, you know, it's so funny. I, I enjoyed your use of the F word. And uh, because I get the, you know, AA, it's like, God damn it, man. I, I didn't get drunk. I didn't stop drinking to have to get this crazy, you know, higher thing or something going on. And, you know, they cry about foul language and I get it. You know, you're in the church, maybe don't drop F bombs, not all right. No. But, you know, a lot of places they do. And I was speaking in, speaking in a meeting in Cork and I don't know if you've been to Ireland, but they use the F word like a comma. <laughs> oh my God, man, you never even heard anything like this. And then when you're there, you share, and then they all go back at you. And in court, they talk so goddamn fast and it's English, but you don't know it's English, you know? Really, have you seen the person fail to try to follow back? It's like, what? I didn't know what he said. So I talked and then they shared back at me. The only two words I understood were Jack and fuck. <laughs> oh, Jack, sure, you fucking when you go down here, you take a fucking Jack, and I tell you, fucking two kind of, it's like, god damn it. I think I'd love to take some of these AA Puritans and drive them over there and watch it, you know? And, <laughs> oh my god. And then the other thing that just drives me crazy all these guys, they're going, they're going, you know, the history of AA, the this of AA. Read Dr. Bob and the Good Old Timers. One of the guys in Dr. Bob and the good old timers, AA approved literature, the guy says, I didn't like having Bob up at the country club because he spoke the language of the gutter. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Oh my God, what's Dr. Bob dropping F-bombs at the gin table or something? You know, I say, I fucked his hand, you know, whatever. But he didn't want, you know, so, oh my God, people just get crazy. You know, they just get so wound up and so crazy. And, uh, you know, the other thing that just drives me nuts, man, is it, uh, sorry, I guess, well, here's where we're going. So that's the way it is. <laughs> hey, 
I didn't get Jennifer back up here, Chris. I'm sure you. You know what else drives me crazy is I, I love it when you know when people say I work a program as outlined in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah, really. Let me ask you a couple questions, champ. Because I doubt it. I doubt it. I heard some lady today that said if somebody doesn't follow her suggestion, that they should probably stop calling her. Are you fucking kidding me? Because somebody doesn't do what you want them to do, you're not willing to help them? Because somebody doesn't want to follow your orders? <laughs> crazy. What part of the big book is that in, man? I got asked to speak at a sponsorship conference one time. Uh, it was a mistake. They, they, yeah. <laughs> I don't even like, you know, God, I, I don't even like that word. And the reason why I don't like that word is because what you have done to it. You took this beautiful friendship thing and turned it into some crazy hierarchy. Unbelievable, man. And even Dr. Bob, let's talk history. Dr. Bob, right before he died, wrote an article called Fundamentals in Retrospect in the middle of the 50s. And Bob, Dr. Bob said, this sponsorship deal is getting out of hand. This is getting out of hand. Dependence is being put on man and woman, and it is not being put on a higher power. Their dependence is not on God. Their dependence is on man. And how much worse has it gotten since then? You know, I tell people all the time, if you blindly follow the orders of another man or woman, you're a stooge. That's what that's called. In literature, it's a stooge. That's what you are. However, in times of trouble, if you don't seek wise counsel, you're a fool. Sit in AA meetings, praying for wisdom all, all the time, every day, praying for wisdom, praying for wisdom, praying for wisdom. When's it gonna show up? Anyway, back to the sponsorship conference. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I knew they had the wrong guy, man, but I went. I'd never been there and it's a plane trip, so I'm going. And uh, as I go and I get there, you know, and I show up and it's packed and everybody's got their materials ready. They've got their materials, you know. They're already, they're gonna study up. They're gonna be saving lives after that, I guess. I, I don't know what was gonna happen, but anyway, so they're all packed in there and, and I'm basically straight. But, but I do love show tunes and drama, role play. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan. And uh, anyway, so I said, all right, all right, look, let's go. Let's have some role play. Let's do role play. All right, let's do this. Let's sponsorship role play. Here we go, workshop. All right, let's pretend your guy with five months, man or woman, comes up to you and says, I'm going to split my home group. I'm going out of state. I'm going to take over a corporation and I'm going to be president. Five months. What do you say to that guy? I'd tell him he better stay close to his home group. I'd tell him he shouldn't make a suggestion within the first year. Any changes? Boom, 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 boom. I was throwing hooks out and they were just fucking biting them. <laughs> just swallowing them. Some of those people had that hook almost coming out their ass. They had swallowed it so deep. And it just kept going, better stay tight, better follow suggestion, better do this, better do this. Boom, 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 the whole room. Let them go. And the more they got it, they got into it. Then they were really going on. I waited until it was swallowed completely. And I said, well, thank God none of you were sponsoring Bill Wilson. 
because in five months sober, when Bill Wilson decided he was gonna split New York and take off and go take over a company and be president in a hostile takeover, but you were sponsoring him, so he didn't go. And he didn't meet Dr. Bob, and not one of us is sitting here sober because you thought you knew what was right for that man. I ask you this, 80 years of Alcoholics Anonymous, what the fuck have we stopped? What have we stopped? Because we know what's right. Book is very clear, quit playing God. You're not God, you got no idea what's gonna happen. Anyway, all right, now we got that. <laughs> that out of the way I, I see that the zoom is now shut off anyway. <laughs> oh my god people tell me i hate aa i love this shit man i think you hate this i love this man and my last complaint god damn it stop homogenizing aa stop it God, this monkey, see, monkey, see, my sponsor, my sponsor, my sponsor, the share, fuck, let's call your sponsor, get your sponsor share. But you're just parroting what they say. What do you think about this shit? What do you think about what's going on? What's happening here? What the hell, critical thinking, hey, what happened to that? What happened to going to a discussion meeting, different viewpoints, getting together, discussing the steps, discussing the traditions, the way we do this thing. I had this old guy one time sitting, I was in a meeting, I'm back, you know, and I got my pajamas on and I got purple hair and I'm sitting in the meeting, you know, and it was night, so the pajamas were all right. So, you know, <laughs> and I'm sitting in the meeting, this old dude walks by me, he goes, all right, all right, we need you here, just like that. Go, fuck you, man. <laughs> I put my mother's dollar in the basket, get off my ass. And, uh, and the guy goes, no, 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 you won't, you misunderstand me, young man. I meant it. He goes, we need you like that. We don't need another me. He goes, because one day I'm going to be at the podium, talking up at the podium. He goes, young man's going to come in. He's going to see me. He's going to say, that old dude's full of shit. He goes, and you're going to wander up there in your goddamn pajamas and that hair. And that young guy is going to look at you and go, that's my horse. That's my guy. Look in the back of the big book. How many stories are at the back of the big book? That's another thing. I will stop with this. <laughs> I fucking love when they go, the heart of our program lies in the 164th. Who made that up? Where did you get that? Because Bill Wilson didn't say that. Do you want to know what Bill Wilson said? He said the heart of our program lay in the stories. That's the heart. The 164 is the bones. The end stories are the heart. Millions of experiences. Millions of different ways to work this path, to work these steps, to do this thing. Not one way, millions, millions. And how many more people we help when it's millions instead of one? Common bond or common struggle, that's what holds us together. But our individuality is what gives us our strength. My sponsor, my last sponsor, mentor, friend, whatever the hell you want to call him, he, uh, he was sober about 50 years and his sponsor got sober with Bill and the guys back at Brooklyn, the Tuesday night candlelight meeting. I remember telling, I was all stoked, man. I go, oh, oh, no way, no way. My lineage, my lineage. <laughs> I go, so what'd you guys do? Did you get in the book? What'd you do? You get in the book? He goes, nah, we didn't read the book. Said, what do you mean you didn't read the book? 
He goes, well, the book's for people that aren't with us. I go, what? He goes, well, you're with us. We don't need to read a book about what we're doing, do we? <laughs> I guess not. Anyway, all right. They showed him. They showed him. Took him by the hand and they showed him. Nowadays, it's book, 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 book. You get guys 50, 20 days, 15 days, 30 days, quoting big book. Quoting big book, saying how it is, how it's laid out, because their sponsor fucking told them some shit. They go in the meetings, they start quoting big book. Hey, why don't you tell me what, what the hardest amends was you ever had to make? Put the big book down a second. Tell me about that. Tell me about a difficult 12-step call you went on. Tell me about your search for God. What's happening? Tell me about that. Not some quote out of the big book. Tell me, if you want to talk about humility, tell me how you got your first day. Because you sit there telling me about how you worked these steps, did this, did this, did this, did this. How'd you get day one? When you hadn't worked any steps and you hadn't made any amends. Tell me how you got grace. See, you come up with that. It's humility to know that I didn't do a damn thing to make this stop. Not a damn thing. Why? My whole life, I've gone this way, this way, this way. All of a sudden, I go this way? Why? Not any of my doing. Anyway, when I got here, I was living at my mother's. <laughs> and if it was up to my mother, I would still be living at my mother's <laughs> right now. The Al-Anon people never got one hand on my mommy's. The blood of the lamb was spray painted on our front door and the Al-Anons just drifted right on by. Never. I would go to jail and when I got out, my mom would go, they're always picking on you, sweetheart. <laughs> yes, they are, mommy. If I was found, normally passed out in the neighbor's yard any time, day or night, normally with my pants off or down. And then on a side note, cigarettes, man, they had the bitch and skull warning. Alcohol needs better warnings. You know what I mean? Like I always wanted the claustrophobia warning on the bottle, like, hey, caution may cause claustrophobia. Because when I started drinking, my clothes got tight. I started loosening shit up a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm like starting to pull stuff off. It's too tight, man. By the end of the evening, they're gone. It's just gone. Anyway, I would be passed out in the Navy's yard if they came over at any time and complained. My mother would say, leave him alone. He's an artist. <laughs> anyway, and how I got to you guys, I was telling Jennifer on the way here, I go, I'm going to stick to the facts. The facts. Here's the facts. The facts is, how I got to you guys is a buddy of mine got busted on a cocaine trafficking charge. He goes to court, says he has a problem. I believe more alcoholics are created in court than anywhere else in the world. Because hundreds of thousands of us go to court every day, non-alcoholic. And we get in front of the judge. Judge says, Mr. Smith, you're looking at a year sentence. But if you were an alcoholic, you could do a 90-day treatment program. I'm an alcoholic, Your Honor. Right, everybody is now, right? That's what my buddy did. He goes to court and says he has a problem. He did not have a problem two weeks before that. I was getting loaded with him. There was no problem mentioned. It wasn't like, oh, you know what? I think I got a problem. I'm going to set out on that last line of blow. 
will you clean that up for us? <laughs> yeah, it was no, it was no. Are you cutting that even dog? There were no <laughs> <Yeah>. problems <laughs> whatsoever. But now, because I'm living in Long Beach and he's a little five foot six, five foot eight, freckle face, little blonde hair, howdy doody surfer boy who is now rolling up the county. Yes, he does have a problem now. He goes up to county, says he's got a problem. They send him into treatment and you H&I guys get up there and put a healing on him or whatever the hell you're doing on him, pumping him full of spirit. And he comes back to Long Beach with his crazy walking hand in hand with Bill, Bob and Jesus. <laughs> and he comes to my mother's house. He's gonna save the neighborhood, a reformer. And uh, it really is. Oh. Can I borrow the book? No yeah. one's reading it in here, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible AA jokes. Isn't that bad? They used to, when I was young, I think I caught the end of the golden age of AA because they used to tell really bad jokes. Like the drunk that calls the calls 911. He says, Hey, my wife's passed out. And they go, Where are you? He goes, We're on eucalyptus. And they go, Well, can you spell that for me? He goes, Hang on, I'll drag her over to Maine. All right. <laughs> I guess that doesn't go in this pleasant climate. All right. How about she drug him over to Maine? Would that be better? They were both drugged to Maine by them. Right. <laughs> I can take it easy. I'm just a drunk. I didn't even have a job. All right. So the big book says we're not supposed to start out as reformers, but it says all sorts of stuff in here. These guys were trying to hustle this. Are you aware of that? This was a hustle. This was a hustle. They were, they were hustling. They were hustlers. They were throwing sales guys in this and they're hustling this. They wanted to sell it. Bill had these crazy ideas for what this was gonna do. It's gonna pad the pocket, man. They're in, salesmen. So sometimes I read the big book for fun, all right? And one night I'm watching TV and I got the big book in my lap and I'm reading the big book. Sad, just a sad life. This is what my life has become. So, so, and then this commercial comes on the TV and I'm still kind of pervy, right? You know, like that has not been taken away from me yet. And uh, so blame God on that. And uh, anyway, so this commercial comes on for like Viagra or the, uh, exactly. Thank you for saying it. All right, uh, the other one. And, and I look up. Right? Because it's kind of, you know, it's pervy, man. They got a commercial for that. I'm looking up, right? And I watch this commercial. It's like really smooth. It's like a moonlit night. And there's like a man and a woman. And he's like rubbing his pant leg. And she's winking at him. You know, and then this voice comes on. Says, tonight's the night. And when it goes down, you will be ready. I'm like, oh, my God. This is killer, man. I'm like, I'm stoked. I'm listening. And I'm all excited, you know. And I'm watching this, right? Well, some of you guys who believe in God believe that God has the attributes of a human. So, you know, maybe God's got a sense of humor or whatever, but I just happened to look down at the page I had opened of the big book and I'm watching this show, the commercial, and I'm going, oh my God, that's a sales pitch. That's a sales pitch for these people getting it on. So I look down, I find the sales pitch for Alcoholics Anonymous. Let me read this to you. Picture this, moonlit Akron night. <laughs> Bill's on the Harley, Bob's in the sidecar, Bill's rubbing his pant leg, Bob's winking back, and you hear this voice coming, 
life will take on new meaning. <laughs> to watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, <laughs> to have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. We know you will not want to miss it. Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. I mean, you just see Bob going, get it, Bill, get it. Like he's just right there, right? So I'm laughing, right? I'm thinking, oh my God, that's really funny. And I'm laughing. And then, but what happens at the end of the commercial, the end of the Cialis commercial or whatever, when the end of it, right? When the other voice comes in, that high pitched voice, a different voice that says, hey, if that lasts longer than four hours, you need to call somebody. That, that voice, right? So then I just happen to flip over a few more pages and I find the fine print of Alcoholics Anonymous. I may read this to you in a different voice. <laughs> it may mean the loss of any night's sleep, greater interference with your pleasures, interruptions to your business. It may mean sharing your hunting in your home, counseling frantic wives and relatives, renewable trips to police courts, sanitariums, hospitals, jails, and asylum. Your telephone may jangle at any time of the day or night. Your wife may sometimes say she is neglected. A drunk may smash your furniture in your home or burn a mattress. You may have to fight with him if he is violent. Sometimes you'll have to call a doctor to administer sedatives under his direction. Another time you may have to send for the police or an ambulance. So there's the, the fine print. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one time I was at this conference and at the end, this old guy just stands up and he just stomps out, pissed off. It's like, hey, I didn't write it, bitch. You're not gonna leave me alone. Oh my God. Don't tell me to read it. You don't want me reading it. You know, there's a whole bunch of old timers that didn't want me reading that big book. <laughs> they want to talk about reading it. They'd much rather hear you hear their translation of what it says in there. But do they really want you reading it? Asking questions. Sometimes they hear these guys, they say, don't ask questions. If somebody tells you not to ask questions, get the fuck away from them. Because it means they don't got any answers. This save your life? Is this the best thing that ever happened to you? Did this affect everyone that ever loved and cared for you? Is this powerful? Then why can't you answer a question about it? Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Anyway, this guy goes around to save the neighborhood. His first stop's my mom's house. Stop number one. This. Hey, what's up? He goes, you got a problem, man. I go, what? He goes, this needs that little pill. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> he goes, you got a problem, man. I go, what? And he goes, you're an alcoholic. I go, no, I'm not. Live with my mom. <laughs> Let me tell you what was happening at mom's house at the time. Read the bedevilments. Page 52. Whether or not, and I love the thing about they quit in time. Hey, I don't care, man. Jail, no jail, whatever. It's like whatever was going on, read the bedevilments. How are you when you're sober? How's that going for you, champ? I can love hearing these guys so many times. One of, no one of my favorite lines in the big book? like a boy whistling in the dark. I can't wait till I get older, like maybe another 25 years, like one of those really old AA guys. So then I can wander up all hunched over and after I hear some punk telling me how stoked he is to be sober, 
walk up and go, like a boy, whistling every time. And I can just take my old pee pants right out of the room after saying it. I, I, I can't wait. I hear these guys talking about how stoked they are to be sober. No, you're not. I know you're not. No one is. This is a bummer. The worst place you could possibly be in is after you stop drinking and none of the steps have kicked in yet. Oh my God. You wanna talk about a jumping off point? You can't imagine drinking, but you surely can't imagine this. I didn't come in here with a whole bunch of skills. You know what I mean? I'm bad news sober. You want me to have a cocktail. <laughs> God, man, I, I, I go to the checkout line, 12 items. Lady's got 14. One of us is going to jail. <laughs> and it ain't her. Oh my God, not all right. Anyway, my buddy comes back, comes knocks on my door, he's gonna save me, calls me an alcoholic. I see, you know, I live with my mom's. Read the bedevilments, page 52, you wanna read some. God, great, 86, 87, 88, wonderful, enjoy yourself. Go read page 52. You wanna identify with something? Go identify with that. Couldn't control our emotional natures. Exactly. I can boil whether or not you need a spiritual program down to two simple questions. How do you react to the word no? <laughs> or the statement, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> oh, I'm fine with those. Sure you are, champ. I don't react to those well at all. I remember that Jennifer and I, Jennifer was talking, so my friend Jimmy D, and Jimmy's almost got 50 years, and he and I were talking about how uncomfortable we were, and I got 33, and we're talking about how comfortable we were, and I see Jennifer go, mm. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, being uncomfortable, being uncomfortable, being a grown-up, grow up, grow up, grow up, grow up, that's what they used to tell me when I came in, grow up, I'm not your daddy. Learn how to think for yourself, young man. Grow up. When I'm out there drinking and I'm uncomfortable, I want to stick something in me. Stick it in me, stick it in me, stick it in me. Bum, 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 bum. Stick it in me, stick it in me, uncomfortable. Stick it in me, stick it in me. Then I come into AA, I'm uncomfortable. Got to do a step. Got to work a newcomer. Got to take another commitment. Stick it in me, stick it in me, stick it in me, stick it in me. Now, I may be sticking positive stuff in me, but I'm still scratching the same fucking itch. One definition of an alcoholic is somebody unwilling to be uncomfortable for even a short period of time. To just sit in it without doing something. Anyway, this guy asked me to go to a meeting. I can't see the clock. So I put on 3.6 pounds for every year I've been sober. <laughs> yeah, do the math on that. And I can't see now. Anyway. I want to get the other shit, like where you forget that people, my mother didn't think anyone ever had a problem. Fucking loved it, the end of her life. Whatever part of her brain that remembered that I was an asshole was gone. <laughs> She'd go, you've always been my favorite. I've never had a dance trouble out of you. <laughs> I love you, mommy. Anyway. So my buddy comes over and he knocks on my door. He says, go to a meeting. Come go to a meeting with me. Come to a meeting. 
I go, meeting what? He goes, 12-step meeting. Come on down. I go, no, dude, you go. I say, you get popped. You go to the meeting. He goes, come to the meeting. I go, no. He goes, come to the meeting. No. One meeting. No. Come on, come to the meeting. No. One meeting. No. Just come to the meeting. No. One meeting. No. Come on, come to the meeting. No. One meeting. No. Just come to the meeting. No. One meeting. Okay, I'll go. And you know why I said I'll go? Because I'll say anything to get you to leave me alone. Including, I'm Jack Grisham, and I'm an alcoholic. I've been saying this for years. I got a couple of problems with Alcoholics Anonymous. Not with our steps, not with the concepts, her traditions, beautiful, 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 wonderful. Had problems with the membership. <laughs> Bill had problems with the membership. What do you think those traditions are? That was Bill freaking out. <laughs> Could you imagine creating something this cool and knowing it was gonna be left in our hands? Go to an AA business meeting. You wanna see a problem. I've seen fights go down over what coffee pot's gonna get used. I said the sunbeam, you asshole. Fucking whoa, fucking easy, man. Anyway, one of the problems I got is we're too quick to get the new man and the new woman to say they're an alcoholic. And we push them into it. Say you're an alcoholic, say you're an alcoholic. Say, don't say addict, God damn it. Say you're an alcoholic, say you're an alcoholic. And we push them into it. And you got men and women claiming alcoholism. They don't even know what they got. But they're saying it. We won't even give them a welcome chip until they admit. And guess what? They may be telling the truth when they say they are, but they don't know they're telling the truth. So they're still lying. If you're brand new and you're in here tonight with us, what does that say? <laughs> I was teasing. I, I'm being an asshole. Because the 10 was so big. I was just joking. I'm sorry. I'm a dick. Thank you. Thank you very much. So if you're brand new in here and you're saying you're an alcoholic and you're in here with us, what you're claiming, in case anyone has not told you yet, and don't, I'm just a messenger, don't get mad at me. You have a fatal illness. What you are claiming is a fatal illness, means it's going to kill you. Stop worrying about the mole on your back. It's the booze. And not only is it a fatal illness, and according to our literature, and you're in here saying you're one of us, According to our literature, not only is it a fatal illness, but it's a fatal illness that is going to kill you unless intervention from some higher power, a spiritual experience or awakening. Do you know how terrifying that is? Honestly, you imagine go to the doctor, go up to the doctor, give some tests, come back three days later. Hey, how'd it go? Mm -hmm. No. Huh? How'd it go? Mm, fatal. What? Uh, fatal. You're done. You don't even need to pay your bill, young man. Huh? Oh, yes. Fatal. Uh, and I don't really believe in God, but I favor prayer in cases such as yours. Look, what? If you went to the doctor and heard that, you would shit yourself. You come in here in a room where I'll bet that everyone in here knows someone that has died from this illness. You come in here in a room and we tell you got a fatal illness, what do you do? You walk outside and vape and have a cookie. <laughs> Woo! 
Diet. Woo! Crazy. And when the newcomer comes up, they get a chip. They're all smiling. They're smiling because they don't know what they got. <laughs> and then you go, all right, all right. Keep coming back. You should be going, you're gonna die. You're gonna die. Oh my God, how do you get that? How do you see that? I'll tell you, and I love the pride, man. There is no shortage of pride in Alcoholics Anonymous. I love hearing these sponsors. I make my man thoroughly work a first step before we proceed. Oh, fuck, really? You make your man and woman admit to their innermost self that they're an alcoholic. How the fuck do you do that? You should go to the Middle East. How do you make someone believe they're an alcoholic? How do you do that? The book says we can't make them do it. And who knows what it takes? I'll hear guys go, well, if you go through these steps, you will have a spiritual experience. Maybe, maybe. I've seen guys go through that steps and die. Watch them die. Stick around, man. Stick around. Stick around and watch, watch. Take your attention away from yourself for a minute and watch the room. Watch the room. Anyway. I know that I need to be done pretty soon. Uh, I went to this, uh, this guy asked me to go to this meeting. I said, yeah, I'll go to get him to leave me alone. And I turned around, I remember it. I remember exactly where I was. I remember what the day felt like. I remember what the lawn smelled like. I was in my mom's yard. <laughs> and I turned around towards the house and I had a spiritual experience or a spiritual awakening. All of my spiritual experiences or awakenings have not been pleasant. <laughs> Never once have I woken up and gone, oh, you're fucking killing it, dude, man. You're really doing a good job here. They've all been, ah, oh, shit, ah, oh, shit. I turned around, I'm thinking this guy's telling me I'm an alcoholic. He's telling me I got a problem, I'm an alcoholic and I have a moment of clarity and I think, you know, in that spiritual experience, a lot of times I've never seen God. I've never seen it. I've been out in the desert naked. I've asked, you know, I've sent it down. Bring me, show me, come, come, come. I know it's arrogant, but I am arrogant. And uh, anyway, all educational for me, all educational. As an alcoholic, my perception is always from here out. What you're doing, what you're doing, what they're doing, what they're doing. It's always here out, here out, here out, here out. That first spiritual experience, is when I figuratively stepped outside of myself and looked back and said, what are you doing? Look at you. Not she's a bitch, the cops are assholes, this is this, those people blaming everybody. Looking right back at myself and saying, man, this guy's calling you an alcoholic. How often have you been drinking? I thought every day, every day, man. I've been drinking every day for as long as I could remember. I woke up just a little bit. Thank God it was only just a little bit. My God, I couldn't believe it if you woke up completely your first day in AA. Oh my God, you know how frightening that'd be? You're like, yeah, we got cookie, coffee, and rope for the new man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and think of the story in the book. Remember the guy with the tornado? Hey, look, Ma, no problem here. Bitch, there's a problem. Your pony's gone, guy. That house is gone. Your truck, it 
flew away, friend. What? Because he's asleep. You wake up, it's bad news, man. Bad news. And I don't care how long you've been drinking. Because if you got this illness, selfishness and self-centeredness, then the chances are you have made decisions based on self your whole life. And as Malcolm X said, and now the chickens have come home to roost. You start seeing it. Anyway, I went to this meeting, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to get into that because I only got a couple of minutes. I stayed sober. Thank God for community. Thank God for community. I got sober on January 8th of 1989. I was in and out for over a year. But on January 8th of 1989, I got sober and I stayed sober. Thank God for community. Finding a couple of friends, kind of a couple of people I like, hanging out with them, grabbing a broom, wiping tables down, physical, physical, physical sobriety. Hanging out and I'm going to meetings. But always there's a little voice in my head says, ah, when I'd say I'm an alcoholic, say, nah, you're not, no, you're not. not like those people, man. You're just laying up. You're just getting better. You're all right. Blah, blah, blah. Always a little voice. Not really, not really. But I'm watching you. I'm watching you. So one day I'm out surfing. Beautiful day. Excellent. Get out. The waves are good. I'm going to go to a noon meeting. The salt's drying on my body. That feeling, you know, with the salt's drying on you. I'm all stoked. Great session. I'm going to the noon meeting. I got a couple of bucks from my mom in my pocket. I'm going, I'm not working, man. This is badass. I walk in, I grab some cookies and some coffee. I sit down, I fire up a marble red because you could smoke in the meetings and I'm ready to participate. <laughs> I haven't really done anything, but I'm ready. I, I will discuss. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm in, ready to participate, sitting there. And all of a sudden it was like the Groucho Marx show. Crazy. It's like this duck flew in <laughs> with a sign came down off the duck. And the little sign said, fuck you, you're going again. And it was like, oh my God. And I had another moment of clarity. And I saw every time I had stopped and failed. Every time I had tried and failed. Every time I'd gone to jail, say, I'm not doing it again. Got so fucked up there, checking my pulse, not doing it again. Down here in the hospital, not doing it again. Every time I had stopped and drank, stopped and drank, stopped and drank, failed, failed, failed. And I realized that this stop in AA was just one more stop. And I'm gonna wander in one day and say, I don't need you. I got this, I'm good. See you later, I got it. And I'm gonna take off because I've done that before. And I'm gonna get out there for a little while and all of a sudden I'm gonna think, and one drink won't hurt. And I realized that the person that was gonna stop me was the same person it was going to say, let's get the fuck out of here. I was terrified. That time, my life was going good. I don't got any more warrants. I'm seeing my kid. Things are going good. I don't want to drink again. But I knew I was going. I knew I was going. I was terrified. I looked around that room. What do they tell me? What do they tell me in here? They say, oh, if you want to make this program, you better get yourself a sponsor. You want to make this program. But wait a minute, man. I've been around for two years now. And I've watched guys get great sponsors to go out and drink. And then they go, well, if you want to do this thing, you better study that big book. You read that big book. You want to stay sober. I'm thinking, fuck, man, I've picked up guys out of hotel rooms. They're sitting in their own shit and piss, quoting big book at me while I'm taking them down to Charlie Street. Then they say, you want to stay sober, you better get yourself a commitment. I think about these guys that had all sorts of commitments and they drank. I was terrified. You want to talk about no human power? That's all human power. You want to talk about self-knowledge? Read the big book. Knowledge of self. Knowledge of my alcoholism. So what? 
So what? I was terrified. I was broken. My map of the world had failed. I look around the room. I know I'm in trouble and I see this old dude, George Davis. I see him, he jots sober in the 40s. I'm thinking, fuck, but George is sober, man. I know this dude's sober. I know he's sober, man. I watch him, I know he's sober. If I do what he does, then I too can stay sober. And all of a sudden at that moment, something changed. In the big book, it says that when power returns, when power returns, it's before you've even done a third step prayer. Before you've even done the third step, when you realize you can do this and you're gonna do it and you're gonna launch in and you're rolling. And the big book says, as we felt new power rush in. New power rushed in. 33 and nine months later, 33 years and nine months later, I'm still here, still sober and still having a blast and questioning this stuff every day. That's it, thank you very much.